Welcome to episode 190 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about the Great Reset. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as the Great Reset, the John Durham investigation, principles in politics, Ukraine, or Hunter Biden's laptop comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, Rumble, and Instagram where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, hit the like button, or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Have you heard of the Great Reset? If you have, you most likely think of it as some conspiracy theory. At least that's how it's portrayed in the alphabet soup conspiracy media. But what's the truth about the Great Reset? Well, it all started with an organization called the World Economic Forum, an organization made up of the world's political, economic, and cultural elites that meets annually in Davos, Switzerland. You know, the meeting where a bunch of rich and or well-connected people from all over the world fly in with their private jets and bitch about climate change, among other things, as we will explore over the next 20 minutes or so. A guy named Klaus Schwab, a Darth Vader-like man, is the founder and executive director of the World Economic Forum. Terry Malloray is the co-founder. Recently, they published a book called COVID-19, The Great Reset. In the book, they define the Great Reset as a means of addressing the weaknesses of capitalism that were purportedly exposed by the COVID pandemic. I'm going to read a couple paragraphs from the World Economic Forum's website so you can get a sense of who these people claim to be. The World Economic Forum is an international organization of public-private cooperation. The forum engages the foremost political, business, cultural, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry agendas. It was established in 1971 as a not-for-profit foundation and is headquartered in Geneva, Switzerland. It is independent, impartial, and not tied to any special interests. The forum strives in all its efforts to demonstrate entrepreneurship in the global public interest while upholding the highest standards of governance. Moral and intellectual integrity is at the heart of everything it does. Our activities are shaped by a unique institutional culture founded on the stakeholder theory, which asserts that an organization is accountable to all parts of society. The institution carefully blends and balances the best of many kinds of organizations from both the public and private sectors, international organizations, and academic institutions. We believe that progress happens by bringing together people from all walks of life who have the drive and the influence to make positive change. Stakeholders in the World Economic Forum, per Klaus Schwab, are business, politics, government, NGO, trade unions, media, experts, scientists, and academia, and finally, religious leaders. Sounds pretty innocuous, right? I mean, who isn't for cooperation, moral, independent, impartial group with no special interest, upholding the highest standards in the public interest. Keep listening. So what the heck is this stakeholder theory all about? Sometimes referred to as stakeholder capitalism or 
corporate socialism or communist capitalism, you get the picture. Stakeholder capitalism argues, quote, that the management of a modern enterprise must serve not only shareholders, but all stakeholders to achieve long-term growth and prosperity. Are your spidey senses tingling yet? Schwab and the World Economic Forum take credit for the public-private partnership rhetoric and policies embraced by woke governments and corporations NGOs worldwide. This stakeholder capitalism is really a corporate-state hybrid. What I mean by that is it's not full-blown socialism where the state owns the means of production. It's a hybrid. The state threatens or bribes or encourages those with the means of production to do their bidding or else. They, in essence, control the means of production. It's behavioral modification of corporations to benefit not shareholders, but stakeholders. Check out episodes 31, 32, and 96 for a deep dive into the truth about socialism. Links to those episodes will be on the show notes page. Back to this stakeholder theory. Think of it as if corporations are deputized by government to do shit that their respective constitutions or law do not permit or allow. The state has its power extended beyond its limitations. The private organizations are wielded as state apparatuses with no obligation to answer to voters or customers for that matter. Since most of these corporations are multinational, the state essentially becomes globalist, whether or not a one-world government is ever formalized. That's America today. Name a single large company that flips the middle finger to Washington, D.C. My pillow doesn't count. Stakeholder capitalism requires a rethinking of corporations' commitment to the already vulnerable communities within their ecosystems. This is the social justice aspect of the Great Reset. Think about all the corporations like Coca-Cola and Major League Baseball who weighed in on that bullshit claim about voter suppression in Georgia's voter integrity law. Think about Bank of America turning over customer records who made purchases in or around D.C. around the time of the January 6th trespassing incident. Think about TD Bank, just two weeks ago, freezing customers' accounts who were involved in the Canadian truck convoy. Think about the censorship by Google, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. The examples are endless. They are either acting in the interest of the government, i.e. deputized, or they are too scared to tell the woke mob to go to hell. The Great Reset is all about attacking the free enterprise capitalistic system. You know, the best economic system ever devised by man? Yeah, that one. Check out episode 83, The Truth About Capitalism, if you want to go into that in more detail. These people want to tear it down and replace it with one that has proven to fail every time it has been tried. Instead of favoring competition, they prefer solidarity. Instead of creative destruction, they prefer government intervention. And instead of economic growth, they prefer social welfare. Do you see it yet? Solidarity, government intervention, social welfare. Two of them are innocuous terms that can mean whatever its advocates want it to mean. But the kicker, the kicker always comes back to power and control, government intervention. They control government, which means that they have the power. But it goes further than that. It's not just the obliteration of free markets, but of individual liberty, freedom, and quite frankly, free will. It's quite sinister. 
One way to attack the free market manifests itself in the squeezing out of non-woke corporations and businesses, i.e. mom-and-pop shops. Think about what a boom the COVID lockdown was for this mentality. Hundreds of thousands of small businesses went under because of government intervention. They never even offered a shred of evidence that the lockdowns would work. They just decreed it and we went along with it. But don't worry, Amazon, Walmart, Olive Garden, Lowe's, and Costco all survived with record profits and now less competition. This is all about government favoring of industries and players within industries, or fascism if you prefer, corporatism. Whenever you see the systematic demise of mom-and-pop businesses, understand that what you are likely witnessing is this great reset in real time. Do you see how this works? What is required by the Great Reset, or totalitarianism, or authoritarianism, or socialism, or communism, or whatever the name they give it today? What is required is to move towards monopolization. You want to vest as much control over production and distribution in as few favored corporations as possible, while eliminating industries and producers deemed non-essential or unfriendly. It's capitalism with Chinese characteristics, a two-tiered economy, with profitable monopolies and the state on the top, and socialism for the majority below. Some have explained it as the Chinese system in the West, but in reverse. Whereas the Chinese political class began with a socialistic political system, and then introduced privately held for-profit production, the West began with capitalism and is now implementing a Chinese-style political system. This Chinese-style system includes a vastly increased state intervention in the economy, on the one hand, and on the other hand, the kind of authoritarian measures that the Chinese government uses to control its population. Back to the idea of pushing for monopolies. Why do it? Because the closer to a monopoly the market resembles, the easier for the government to manipulate the markets. That's why it is important to kill the fringe players, the mom-and-pops, the non-woke, the non-compliant. Think about social media and the COVID censorship. Make a few calls, threaten a few CEOs in front of the Senate committee, and voila, you have censorship of misinformation, which by definition is information that does not endorse the current government's narrative. Or what about the Senate hearings with big banks, where they get the shit threatened out of them? Which leads me to ask this question. Why hasn't Big Pharma been subjected to the same level of scrutiny by these senatorial committees? What other sick policies advance the Great Reset Agenda? Quite frankly, in the U.S., it is any policy that damages the country and the middle class. Unfettered immigration, flooding the market with trillions of newly minted dollars, causing the price of everything to explode. Increase people's dependency on the state. Purposely disrupt supply lines. Steal elections. Vaccine mandates. Sow seeds of discontent. Pit different groups of people against each other. Create crisis after crisis. Lie to the American people about everything from oil and gas prices to Russia's invasion of Ukraine to the Russia collusion in elections to COVID and its vaccines and treatments. Another tenet of the Great Reset is the concept of fairness, i.e. social justice, as I mentioned previously. What this really means is the purposeful lowering of the economic status of people in wealthier nations, like the U.S., relative to that of people in poorer regions of the world. 
One of the functions of woke ideology is to make the majority in developed countries feel guilty about their wealth, which the elites aim to reset downwards, except one might notice, for the elites themselves, who need to be rich in order to fly in their private jets to Davos each year. It's all about tearing down rather than lifting up. That is Socialism 101. Pull everyone down except the elites. Here's an interesting note. In October 2019, the World Economic Forum collaborated with John Hopkins and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation on a pandemic exercise called Event 201, which simulated an international response to the outbreak of a novel coronavirus. This was two months before the COVID outbreak in China became news and five months before the World Health Organization declared it a pandemic, and it closely resembled the future COVID scenario including incorporating the idea of asymptomatic spread. Event 201 simulations anticipated almost every eventuality of the actual coronavirus crisis, most notably the responses by government, health agencies, the media, tech companies, and elements of the public. The responses and their effects included worldwide lockdowns, the, the collapse of business and industries, the adoption of biometric surveillance technologies, an emphasis on social media censorship to combat misinformation, the flooding of social and legacy media with authoritarian sources, i.e. Fauci. In June of 2020, Schwab and Mallory published their book, as I mentioned before, COVID and the Great Reset, in which they declared that COVID represents an opportunity that can be seized, that we should take advantage of this unprecedented opportunity to reimagine our world, that the moment must be seized to take advantage of this unique window of opportunity, and that for those fortunate enough to find themselves in industries naturally resilient to the pandemic, think here about big tech companies like Apple, Google, Facebook, Netflix, Amazon, the crisis was not only more bearable, but even a source of profitable opportunities at a time of distress for the majority. Remember, never let a crisis go to waste. Majid Nawaz, who blew Joe Rogan's mind on a recent podcast interview, explained how all of this is accomplished when he told Rogan they embed people in government all over the world who subscribe to the Great Reset Agenda. It's like embedding spies. Penetrate cabinets with these folks. Case in point. Trudeau in Canada and Zelensky in Ukraine. Weird, huh? Given the goings-on in recent weeks and months in those two places? Or just look at the cast of characters that are handed cabinet-level positions here in the United States. Under Obama and Biden, they are indeed worshipers at the altar of the Great Reset. And the bureaucrats who actually run these unconstitutional agencies are just as bad. As I've mentioned, this comes down to control, power and control. This idea is as old as human civilization. you got a bunch of wealthy busybodies who believe they know what's best for the rubes. It's a continuation of the weaponization of ignorance. A certain percent of the population does what they are told. Case in point, what percentage of the population allowed an experimental COVID-19 vaccine to be injected into their bodies without a second thought? What percent did it under coercion, either from an employer or from family members? How many children have been injected, obviously without their consent? What an incredible case study these people now have. Think about the tools at the disposal of these totalitarians. Surveillance, even voluntarily through our devices, our smart homes and smartphones, our ring doorbells, our alarm systems and cameras, our Alexa machines, the illegal spying by the NSA and 
Lord only knows what other entities. We have artificial intelligence, big data, big tech, social media giants. We got big banks. Got they're trying to do regulations on cryptocurrency. The IRS knows everything about our finances. They are now pushing for digital currency, which is a not so thinly attempt at the Chinese social credit system. Track all your transactions. Cut you off if you are deemed a dissident or non-compliant or an insurrectionist or a domestic terrorist or guilty of thought crimes. They can dictate where you spend your money and on what. They would just be able to disable your digital currency app from working at, say, a gun shop or some mom-and-pop store. They can devalue the currency with little or no effort. That's some scary shit. Check out episode 61, The Truth About the Chinese Social Credit Score System, if you want to learn more about that. I want to circle back to the core tenet of the Great Reset, centralized power, monopolies, controlled by elites. What is the opposite of that? Decentralization, of course, a topic I discussed recently in episode 182. I contend that the root cause of virtually every problem we have in America and around the world can be attributed to centralization. And virtually every problem we have in America and around the world can be fixed by decentralization. The Great Reset is a direct attack on the concept of decentralization. Let's start at the beginning. Decentralization is the idea that more is better from a governing point of view. Centralization is the opposite. Less is better. Think monopolies or one-size-fits-all. Unless you are an authoritarian or a brainwashed leftist, decentralization is always preferred to centralization. And given the federal government's 100% failure rate, it makes this argument even stronger. Can anyone listening to this think of one thing government does better than the private sector? Please share your thoughts with me on Facebook or in the comments section of whatever platform you're listening to this on. Government, by definition, cannot do anything better than the private sector because they are spending other people's money on other people. Or better put, they are spending money that they directed to be printed. Just look at the current headlines. Consumers are facing prices of household items and groceries that are 40 to 50% higher than they were a year ago. And of course, gas prices. At this point, today, they're up about 100% from where they were when Trump left office. So the question is, why in the hell would we willingly grant government, with its 100% failure rate, more power? Think about the things they control now. The public education system, to a large extent. The healthcare system. Energy policy. The CDC. The FDA. Border patrol. The money supply. Foreign policy. All of these areas, at least in the United States, are catastrophic failures. I could easily go on for 15 more minutes with more examples. What do you get from centralization? You get fewer choices, fewer opportunity for experiment, and less competition. Decentralization means the opposite. More choices, more experimentation, and more competition. Think about your average grocery store. How many types of toilet paper, deodorant, cereal, and beer is available? Now consider what a grocery store looks like in the former Soviet Union, or maybe in Venezuela today, or Cuba. If you want an easy way to think about decentralization, Think about all the one-size-fits-all solutions that we live under in America. If you prefer government picking winners and losers in the economy rather than millions of consumers, then you should get on board the centralization train. At the end of the day, the question is, would you rather have a handful of people making decisions for you or millions of people making their own decisions 
for themselves and thus creating the market. Centralization generally, and the Great Reset specifically, is incompatible with human nature and natural law. People yearn to be free. Centralized governments by nature limits freedom. Leaders in centralized governments are easily manipulated, blackmailed, and corrupted, and let's be honest, they are not accountable to the voters. Sure, we can vote them out, but have you looked up the re-election rates of incumbents in D.C.? It's damn near 90% if I remember. The Great Reset is a real thing. The easiest way to think about it is nothing more than communism by another name. It is anti-everything that matters. It's anti-constitutional, as it favors more government intervention rather than less. It's anti-liberty and anti-freedom, anti-free enterprise, anti-competition, anti-private property, all for the same reasons. It seeks to destroy the free market economy where millions of people conducting billions of transactions determine what the market bears and what prices are and replaces it with a top-down, state-run economy where the few at the top pick winners and losers and everyone else gets the leftovers. And that's the truth about the Great Reset. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.